Hashtag SAFM Life Happens. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. It's uh, 1.47, so welcome back. The topic of uh, COVID uh, and vaccines uh, dominates our thought processes. It dominates our every conversation at the moment. But uh, do we ever include in that conversation some of the most marginalized people uh, in our country uh, with disabilities? Uh, we want to talk with Terina Vansel, who is a National Director at NCPDSA, the National Council of uh, Persons with disabilities in South Africa. Darina, welcome. Thank you so much. Looking forward to chat to you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm assuming, and I may be wrong, I just thought uh, and assumed that uh, a person with a disability, when it's their turn uh, to go and get vaccinated, uh, can go into any site that is allocated uh, for vaccination like the rest of us. Am I wrong to think that? No, no, um, you are absolutely correct. That is how it works. So why is it important then for government uh, uh, to prioritize and specifically vaccinate people with disabilities, according to the National Council for Persons with Disabilities? Um, Obviously, at the moment, government um, sets their priorities of how they do the vaccination. I'm not talking about specific sites here, but groupings of people, and that's understandable, so... I think everybody's very happy that people over 60 was prioritized and managed to get the vaccine because it is a vulnerable group. Mm. And then health workers, obviously, because they are at the front line. And then obviously also um, now the teachers who who work with with our children. So I don't think, you know, anybody's got a problem with that. We Mm -hmm. actually think from what we also hear from colleagues and so on that um, the, the vaccine processes are going beautifully um, the people are professional, it's it's smooth and it's streamlined, except for a few hiccups here and there. But mm. generally, we, we commend government for how it's happening. And now it's also the over 50s, so that's good. But what we are just saying is there's quite a number of people with disabilities that are extremely vulnerable mm. because of the nature of their impairments. Um, and we feel that they should be prioritized alongside like the people over 50 or whatever and not wait um, according to age, you know. So, okay. coincidentally, if there's a if there's a person with a disability who's a health worker, they will get theirs because they're a health worker. Yeah. If there's a person with disability who's a teacher, they will get it. If it's a person with a disability over fifty, oh, they'll over get 60. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if it's younger people, of which there's quite a large number, look, there's fifteen people, fifteen percent of our community are persons with disabilities. Now, some would have fallen into the fifty up category. And we're not saying that government must just, you know, across the board vaccinate everybody because we also do understand that there's a shortage of vaccines and one must be responsible. Yeah. But people with, with quite severe disabilities, which is very easily to, to make that um, distinction, um, we really feel are at, at risk. And I, I don't think one must assume that people with disabilities are just at home so they're not getting exposed and they're not spreading the virus and they're not open to get it easily because people with disabilities are actually as active as most other people. Um, 
So, and so you, you're saying yeah. there's a specific, uh, I'm trying to understand, but I think I've got it. You're saying there's a specific category of uh, people with disability that are almost extra vulnerable uh, yes. because of their circumstances and you feel like government is not making that consideration for them. Yeah, um, we, we really feel, I mean, if you take people with spinal injuries, um, it's very easy for them to have comorbidities, and, and a lot do have, although it's not, it doesn't mean that every single person with a spinal injury does have comorbidities. Mm. Um, people with multiple sclerosis, people with muscular dystrophy, people with spina bifida, it is just by the nature of the impairment, people who are more vulnerable um, and I'm not mentioning all now, mm. then, then, for example, somebody who um, has got a different, say, category according to the white paper of disability. Mm. I mean, somebody who has got um, a deafness or somebody who's got blindness, if they don't have another impairment together with that, mm. they could be seen as people that are less vulnerable than somebody who has got a very severe physical impairment which also creates other social physiological challenges for them, which is the case, for yeah. example, again with people with um, with spina bifida, for example. And then, you know, the people that I'm talking about, a, a large category of them again are using care, care workers. Mm. And that care worker gets onto a taxi, goes home, come back. Care workers also um, swap the... the um, the shifts and so on, and some people are staying in facilities yeah. where um, there's care workers that work different shifts and so on. Okay. And not all of them can be registered as health workers, although I know there's there's quite a very nice effort from government side to also try and include care workers. But majority of the ones that are caring for people that live at home, mm. for example, are not vaccinated. So there's a lot of other reasons which we can cite why that particular People, those particular people with severe disabilities are much more vulnerable than, than like people over 50, for example. Okay. So then in your engagements, if at all, uh, with government as uh, the <clears throat> National Council uh, for Persons with Disability in, in South Africa, how far have you gone in terms of putting that uh, argument across that you just put to us on air, uh, you know, for, for that vulnerable group and its caretakers sometimes uh, to mm. be pr- prioritized? And what response, if at all have you gotten? I must say we um, cannot take the credit alone as mm. a national council. Um, we are all part of a group which is called South African Disability Alliance. We like-minded national disability organizations put their voices together mm. and then work together to, to get a government to mobilize on certain things. So um, through that body, um, we have engaged very strongly. Two of our members have taken the lead on that. And um, I must say, we can't say that it fell on deaf ears. Mm. I think it's also a very difficult thing for government with everybody shouting in their ears and, and criticizing and and like breaking down what they're trying to do positively. Mm. But we do feel that it could, by now, people should have been vaccinated. So we just feel a little bit uneasy with the fact that it's not happening. We do believe that it will still happen. Mm. We do believe that... Um, they they will hear the plea. Obviously, the other thing is there's always a lack of data and a lack of proper research. So we're busy with that at the moment. And I'm sure if one puts that forward, it's going to help a lot. But 
the the very nature of it doesn't can't really wait for research results mm. and and proper sets of data. And unfortunately, the previous time when we were counted in this country, um, the the questionnaire type things, the instruments that were used to count persons with disabilities, was not consulted on. So many people were just not simply not counted. So mm, the mm. figures that government has is seven percent, and we know that it's more than double that according to World Health Organization. And um, the International Labour Organization. And how how long ago too. how long ago did this counting happen? When was the census? Wasn't it in two thousand and seven or something like or eleven? I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at, again, to the benefit of government, I want to say, with the planning for the census that's about to happen, I think in a year or two, they are very widely consulting broadening the definitions which they use um, on their questionnaires and so on. So I think we'll get a much better result of how many people with disabilities and which disabilities, um, you know, do we have in South Africa, both rural and and urban. So at the moment, there's a lot of gaps in different areas, which which makes it also difficult for for government to properly plan. And NGOs have got capacity problems because unfortunately, ANC is not extremely pro-NGO. Mm. or in, in not-for-profit companies. It's it's just a fact. Legislation doesn't necessarily work in, in, in um, to our benefit. And there's lots of things that um, takes money away from, from NGOs. Yeah. And that's actually the NGOs that can make the big difference. So it will be better for, for everybody if we all take hands. And, I mean, we are here to take hands with the ruling parties, the government, yeah. to make things work. So if, if only the, the hands can come from both sides. Do you have any data at all, uh, you know, whether uh, that data is done informally, even online or, or whichever way, that tells you generally how people with disabilities have been managing during this the 18 months uh, that we've all been affected by this pandemic? Yeah. We do have. Yeah. Um, not just people. We've got, obviously, data of, people that we are in in contact with and Mm. and the same with other national bodies that that works together in our alliance of how many people um, we lost during this period Mm -hmm. and then how many people were sick and and how challenging the hospitalization period has been. Yeah. Um, You know, when a hospital is full and when an ICU is full and somebody with a very severe disability lies in an ICU and on a ventilator, there's very little that the staff knows or can do about the fact that that person um, might get out of hospital with other type of complications like pressure sores, bladder infections and things, which which I don't think there's capacity to manage all of those things that comes with specific disabilities mm, when mm. people are lying there fighting for their lives. So very, very, very bad experiences that, that we know of. Um, and then the other thing is, in terms of food security and so on, I think it's general knowledge in this country that it, it had to take a court case to convince the Department of Social Development that people with disabilities, even though they are on grants, must also get get food. Um, you know, not just the government food that was delivered excluded them, mm. um, but also the food from NGOs. Yeah. Because of people saying, but they've got disability grants, let's give to those who don't have anything. 
Meanwhile, the disability grant is there to cover needs that relates to the impairment and not to buy food. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, lastly, Terina, uh, you know, going forward, uh, what, what are you hoping for? What is your best case scenario? Well, first of all, the vaccination. We would like people with severe disabilities to get vaccinated before their counterparts who do not have disabilities of a specific age group gets called for vaccination. Mm-hmm. Um just so that they can be prioritized and be safer because of the reasons that I've mentioned. And then also we need a bit more consultation with regards to specific things and specific groupings of impairment. I do just want to mention that, Mm. you know, we have engaged with with government and with a command council and with so many people, including the SABC, about the fact that the meetings that we that we have is what we have started calling the family meetings from the president and other important information that gets shared mm. on radio and TV. Obviously, deaf people can't hear radio, but on TV there is from time to time a sign language interpreter, but there's no subtitles. Mm. But yet, when it's government's choice on certain things, then they do provide subtitles or captioning. Yeah, and we're saying there's a large component of people who are elderly people. And people who are young, young people who are deaf but who don't, do not use sign language, and they're completely excluded, yeah. especially in places where people are very isolated. Yeah. So they can't, for example, know what is what is being said. And if it's important enough to to give it to hearing people, why not why not give it to deaf people as well? It's not an impossible thing to do. I hear you, and unfortunately, we've run out of time. But I think you've put your points very succinctly on the table, and uh, I hope uh, they get resolved. Thank you so much, Derina. Derina Wenzel is uh, the National Director of the National Council of uh, Persons with Disabilities in South Africa. It's two. Uh, Luanda Maume is standing by with the latest news.